Hey guys, thank you for watching online all over the world. We are honored that you would watch LifePoint Church Services. Our mission statement around here is pointing people to a Christ-centered life, and we want to hear how that's happening through these sermons. So we would love for you to reach out to us through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and tell us how God is moving in your life. Also, if you're a part of this service, but, but you're not close to a local campus, we want to help you get connected to a local body. Please reach out to us, and we will recommend some great churches in your area for you to be a part of. Again, thank you for being a part of LifePoint Church Online, and we hope God blesses you. Uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 30, uh, is where we're going to be today. Uh, school started this week. That means we're all kind of plugging back in, getting, getting uh, back to our normal routines of life. Some of you parents are praising the Lord that school's back in session. Hallelujah. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, we're, we're getting back in the routine of things. And, and the fall is a great time. It's a great time, A, because football is starting back, even though you had that barn burner of a game last night. Uh, you, uh, a, lot, a lot of things going on in the fall, but big thing is it's a, it's a recap connecting time uh, in the church. And so some of you may be here and you're checking us out. You're coming back to church. Maybe you haven't been to church in a while. Maybe you haven't been to church ever. Uh, and you're just saying, man, we're, we're going to make a concerted effort to get into church and try church out for the fall. I want to just say, I'm so glad you're doing that. I'm glad you're here. For whatever reason you're here, thank you for being here. And I just want to cheer you on because I think you getting you, you yourself, and your family uh, in and around church, in and around the people of God, and learning and hearing and growing in Christ will reap benefits for you and your family. We'll reap great joy and reward in Him. And so, uh, Good job. Glad you're here. Keep coming. Uh, I, this is a great time to plug into this church. Like Kurt said earlier, we've got life groups starting up. We've got all different kind of niches of groups starting up. Young marrieds, um, um, you know, different areas of town. We've got a group starting up for foster families. We've got a lot of things going on. And so uh, we've got a women's Bible study, men's Bible study. We've got it. So uh, no excuses. If you want to get plugged in, get around folks, this is a great opportunity uh, for you to do that. And we are kicking off the book of John today. Today I'm giving a basically an intro, an overview to the gospel of John. And so you're coming in on the very front of a series uh, that may take us a couple of semesters to get through, but it's, I'm excited uh, about the book of John. Over the last three summers, we've been talking through Exodus. The book of Exodus has been like talking about the glory of God. This is, this is God's glory. This is how uh, God works and moves and how mighty he is and how big he is and how he's taking care of his people and how he's doing all this for his namesake and his glory's sake to be known among the nations. And he's taking care of his people, teaching them how to be the people of God, giving them rules and laws and instructions and meeting their needs and all of those things, right? And so we've come out of Exodus where we've gotten this picture of God and, and we've kind of said, okay, vaguely we understand that God is about God. He's about his own self. He's about his own glory. And somehow we fit into that, right? Well, John is a huge piece of the puzzle because what John does for us is it puts meat on the bone. So we say, okay, we know we are supposed to give glory to God. How do we do that? Well, the way we do that is uh, by looking into the life of Jesus. Uh, uh, 
uh, the verse we read earlier today that Michael Reed read, it told us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So as we look at Jesus, we are looking at the character and the nature of God himself. And so we're able to see who God is and what he wants from us most clearly by looking at the life of Christ. So we're going to look through John. We're going to look at the life of Christ. We're going to see Christ, how he loved, how he lived, how he walked, how he treated his disciples, how he died on the cross, all of those things. And by looking at those things, we're going to be able to say, okay, this is how living like this, loving like this, sacrificing like this is how we bring glory and honor to God, which is our purpose in life. Last week, CJ, our youth pastor, preached, and he, he preached a, uh, a portion of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which says, we exist to bring glory to God and to enjoy him forever. That's why we exist. That's our purpose for living, to bring glory to God and enjoy him forever. So if our purpose is to bring glory to God, we got to say, okay, well, then how then do we do that? How then am I, normal Joe, working nine to five, got three kids now, like what, 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 how do I, me, bring glory to God? Well, looking at the life of Christ is going to show us that. And so we're going to travel this journey through the Gospel of John to discover how, in fact, we are to live lives to think, to believe, in order to bring glory to God, which is our purpose in life. And then that next part of the catechism says, and enjoy him forever. The obedience to God, living like Jesus, it's not a begrudging submission. It is something that leads to our greatest joy. That's the beautiful thing about God, that, that it's not just this, ah, oh, I got to go do this, or if I don't, I'm not going to fulfill my purpose or bring glory to God. No, God's saying this is how you have the most joy, the most life, is in submission and obedience to God, living lives that make much of God, not yourself. And so that's kind of the journey we're on. And so if you're new to church, it's a great time to get, get plugged in. It's a great time to jump into a routine. Now, routines, uh, routines aren't all bad. Like maybe you came from a church that was very liturgical, right? Like you just came in, you knew what was going to happen every week. It's going to be this, 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 this. Then so-and-so is going to get up there and sing her solo, even though you wish she'd sing solo, nobody could hear her. And then she's going to go, 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 go. And then, and then <laughs> whatever your church background is, right? Like we all come in with some kind of idea on what, what church is <laughs> to be about. Uh, and some of them go through different routines. Like, like some of you may have grown up in a, and like a dead church, right? Or maybe just a grumpy church, right? I don't know if you've ever been a part of it. Like there's a, people, they say they got Jesus living in their heart, but their heart hadn't told their face. And so they're just grumpy all the time. <laughs> whatever, your, whatever your background is, uh, we want you to say, we're glad you're here. We want you to keep coming and keep plugging in. And we think that it's going to be best for you and your family to keep uh, pressing into what God has for you in the church. Now, routines, like I said, routines aren't all bad. I have a routine every morning. I uh, get up. Well, well, my routine actually starts the night before because I'll make the coffee. Because if I don't make the coffee at night, I ain't making it in the morning. You know what I'm saying? It's like fumbling around. But I make it, set the timer, you know, so I can wake up the folders or whatever, right? And so uh, coffee's made in the morning. I go, I spend time, my quiet time, my time in the Bible. And I do that in the morning and get in the shower, go to work, whatever. That's a routine. That's a good routine, right? Uh, if my routine... Uh, the reason I do that routine, the purpose of it is so that I will 
grow to be more like Jesus, that I will love him more, know him more, uh, uh, become more intimate with him, those kinds of things, right? If my routine is just about the routine, then it's going to be more destructive than productive. Right. And so you do church and you do the routine of church, not just so you could say you went to church, but so that it will produce in you fruit. So it will produce in you good things. And I think you're making a great decision for you and your family by pressing into the routine of church. But let's take it a step further and say this ain't just about checking a checklist. but This is about how is this going to impact my life? How is this going to impact the, everything around me? What's the point of the routine of church? And I think it's so that you can Know the purpose and the mission of God, therefore live out the purpose and the mission of God, and therefore give glory and honor to God, which is why you were created. And so uh, walking through the book of John is uh, uh, exciting for me, and uh, I think going to be super helpful as we, as we move forward, right? And so if you've got your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in John, like I said, John chapter 20 uh, for today. And One of the questions I want to help us answer that is crucial for us to answer is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? I think it's a huge question that every person has has to answer because who is Jesus uh, is uh, is the the most critical and important question you can answer. Uh, Most of the New Testament was written to correct some things because people thought wrongly about who Jesus is. Right. The whole book of Galatians was written to a group of people who were thinking wrongly about Jesus and salvation. So who Jesus is, is is hugely important. Uh, And and if we were to go Rutherford County and ask a thousand people, hey, who is Jesus? We might get a thousand different answers. Right. Uh, He's kind of like that spiritual Santa Claus that gives us good things. Right. Or maybe some people are like he's a judge just waiting for me to mess up so he can smite me. Right. Uh, There are all kind of different answers on who is Jesus. Right. Uh, But that's why I love John. John is going to put before us the the picture and, and, and show us who Jesus is exactly. Matter of fact, Jesus, when he's talking to his disciples, he says, the disciples are saying, he says, who do people, Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And his disciples say, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist, some say this, this, this. And he says, okay, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter, anointed by the Holy Spirit, says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus says, this is from God that you know this. And, and, and it's on this truth that I will build my church And so for Jesus and his disciples, one of the most important questions for them was, who is Jesus? And and so we're going to get a great grasp of that throughout the book of John, discovering who Jesus is. And it's important for us because, as we're going to find out, that if Jesus is who he says he is, if Jesus is who the Bible portrays him as being, that has huge implications for us, the creation of Jesus. Of God. That has huge implication for us because what it, what it says is there is a way that leads to life and there's a way that leads to death. And so if Christ is who he says he is, then we need to know who he is so that we can worship him as he is, right? That's the thing about being God is you are God and you are worshiped by your creation. And so God is who he is. Jesus is who he is. We have to figure out who he is and worship him as such. Now, this is, this is tough in some ways because 
when, I, when we preach things like God is about God, He's about His own glory, He's about His own namesake, that's cute to say in church. But when it gets down to rubber meeting the road, sometimes we buck against that, right? Because we're like, oh, I thought God revolved around me. <laughs> I thought everything He did was about me. I thought He loved me, and I'm His precious little, you know, Jim, and I'm, you know, all, all about me, God. Doesn't John 3.16 say he loved me? Yes, he does love you. He loves you unconditionally, so much so that Christ went to the cross in great love for you. But that's not the primary aim of God. The primary aim of God is his own name and his own glory. We are subsidiary to that. Now, here's the thing, because how this fleshes out in us is we say, God, you don't know best. I know best. This is how it looks on a practical level, right? We say, God, uh, you, you can't tell me that i, I got to be with one woman the rest of my life. I have sex with one woman, be married to one woman for the, all of my life. Have you met my wife? Not, not my wife, just pe- something people say, right? <laughs> we think we know best and that God doesn't. When we say, no, 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 that can't be right. Or we, we do that with money. We do that with how we parent our kids, with marriage, sex, with, with everything. We do that with everything. We say, no, 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 God, you don't know best. I know best. And this is where rubber meets the road. And, and, and when God says he's about him and his own glory and, and, and by obeying him is how we bring him most glory and we don't obey him, we're saying, in essence, we don't believe, God, that, that your way is best. And we're, we don't believe that you being about you is the most important thing. You should be about us and come down to us, right? And so there's a lot of uh, rubber meets the road things, but I love that John is going to take us uh, to a place to where we're going to see who Jesus is and, and hopefully that we'll come into line with worshiping him as he is. Now, um, uh, it's, again, if you've got your Bibles, go to it. And, and our desire as a church here, if you call this place home or, or you're, you're going to, you're, you're checking this out, you're going you're gonna to come for a few weeks. If you call this place home, if, you, if you're a life pointer, if you locked arms with our mission and vision, my hope is that over the next year, two years, that you will really press into the person of Jesus, that we'll begin to uh, do everything in our life as lining up with what we see Jesus doing in the gospel of John, in the gospels period. And so that's my hope for you over the next little bit. And as kind of the kickstarter for the rest of our time together, I'm going to give you a brief overview of the book of John and then move into uh, next week, John 1, okay? So John chapter 20, verse 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written, this is huge, get this, these are written so that you may believe, which is our bottom line for the day, so that you may believe. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and catch this next part, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So I've written these things to, so that you may have, that you may believe in his name, that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, that he's the son of God, and that by believing you will have life in his name. I love the way the apostle John writes. Uh, he writes in such a way that at the end of his books, he generally will have a verse like this that says, this is why I've written this entire thing. 
which is helpful for simple people like me, right? I'm like, why did you write this thing? This is why I wrote this, right? He does the same thing. And just so if you're new to the Bible or new to church, so there's no confusion. Because when I first came to, uh, when I first started learning the Bible, there's all these different Johns and I was always reading the wrong John, right? So there's the Gospel of John, which is the fourth book of the New Testament. And then there's the three epistles of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, that's like close to the end. Like it goes 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, Revelation. Okay, and so those are close to the end. Don't get those things confused. But when John, he wrote Revelation too. But when John wrote First John, at the end of it, he says, "I've written this book so that you might know that you are saved. You might know that you have life in Him." And so the whole book was written so that you can have assurance of salvation. That's First John. John, at the end of the Gospel of John, he said, "I've written these things so that you might believe in Him. You might know Him, and that you might have life in His name." So John is writing these things so that uh, we will be saved, so that we will know Jesus. We will know how to be saved. We will trust him and believe in him and and have faith in him, right? That's why he's writing these things. And so John is not giving us like general uh, teachings about, about Jesus, He's not giving us things like, ah, oh, Jesus was a nice guy. Uh, he wore like sandals. He lived 33 years. Not just facts. He's not just giving us these generalities about God. He is giving us the way to life, right? He's giving us the way to know him and to believe in him and, 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 and to be saved by him. That's what Jesus is doing. I mean, that's what John is doing for us, right? So he wants us to know who Jesus is, and how to believe in his name, right? And so the result of believing in Jesus Christ is having life in him. That's what John is pushing us to. I'm writing this whole book so that you'll know him and you'll have life. And you'll, you'll know him, you'll have life. Now, again, by life, he means abundant life. He means eternal life. So if John is writing this book so that we'll have eternal life, so we'll have life forever in Christ, we can't miss this. This is huge for us. This is huge for us. He's writing these things so we can have eternal life. If we miss what he's writing here, the, the, the opposite of eternal life, again, is eternal damnation, eternal judgment. We don't want that. Eternal death. We don't want that. So we got to get this right on who Jesus is. we got to learn who he is. We have to believe in his name and so that we, he will, in fact, uh, Give us life and, and, and save us. And, and again, just side point, that's who we are as a church. Our name is Life Point. We are pointing people to Jesus. In John, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So we're pointing people to Jesus, to Christ. And our, our little uh, motto, slogan, whatever, whatever you want to call it, vision statement, is that we exist to help people find life, live life, and share life. So we're all about Jesus. Jesus is the flag we fly. We, we, we want to continue to point people to Jesus. And that's why we, I, I love this book because that's what it's doing. It's, that's what the book of John is, is doing. Now, so the, the book of John is very evangelistic in purpose. Uh, matter of fact, if you, uh, you, you may have experienced this if you've been a Christian for a while or you've been in church for a while. A lot of times, uh, instead of tracts, which, you know, you, people hand out those tracts, you know, uh, yeah, tracts. Uh, anyway, uh, so th- people will give a little book, booklet of just the Gospel of John. 
right? A lot of times they'll hand out just the Gospel of John as the purpose of maybe someone's not going to read the whole Bible, but if they could just read this one book, if they could just read this one letter in the New Testament, then they might, as John intended it, believe and by believing have life. Right? And so the Gospel of John is handed out very evangelistically. But as I was studying this, several commentators, I don't know who originally first quoted it, but they said, John is waters that children can wade in and elephants can dive in. And so this book, yes, evangelistic and super helpful for new believers. And if you've never read a book of the Bible, John is a great place to start. But for those of us who've been Christians for years, it's also filled full of ways in which we're going to see Christ revealed to us in ways we didn't quite realize before. And so it's a beautiful book that accomplishes uh, both purposes for us, right? And, and so uh, one of the other things that you're going to see as we read through this is that John gives us truth but in giving us truth, he's, uh, he's expecting uh, uh, something to happen from giving that truth. You know, in our culture, we like to learn things, right? We Google things, watch documentaries, we get information, and then we take that information, and it just kind of sits there, and we do nothing with it. That's not the faith that John is expecting here. He's giving truths, expecting that those truths will dictate life change in us would dictate some kind of result in and through us. Uh, John uses the word believe 98 times in this gospel. And every time he uses the word believe, he uses it as a, as a verb. Not as a noun, he uses it as a verb. So he's expecting that faith has action. Faith moves us to, to do something, to have action. And so I think that's what John, as, he's, as we're walking through this, you're going to see uh, he's going to continue to push us to not just have a faith that believes something that's, that doesn't, that's not backed by truth. He's given us truth to, so that our faith will take that truth and, 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 then, and run with it in our lives, so that our lives will be changed, right? So that we'll believe and have life in his name. We should be radically different people as we come in contact with, with the truth. And then the second question, so it's who is Jesus? But I think the second crucial question that John is going to ask throughout this gospel is, do you believe him? His purpose for writing the book is so that you may believe, and by believing have life. Do you believe in him? So who is Jesus? Have you come to the grips of who Jesus is? And once you realize that, then do you believe it? Right? All throughout, you're going to see that Jesus is the only way to God. He's the only way to be saved from your sin. He's the only way to have life eternal and abundant. And so the, the John gets to the end of this thing, and he's saying, do you believe that? Because that's the only way to be saved. It's the only way to have life in his name. It's the only way uh, to uh, have eternity with the Father forever. So that's what John is continuing to, to push here, that, that, that this faith would lead you to a personal commitment in Jesus Christ. That you will come to the realization on who Jesus is, you will believe it, and that everything in your life will be changed by it. That's John's purpose for, for writing this book. Uh, and, 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 um, and if anyone believed these things, it was John himself. Uh, John was uh, the, the youngest disciple. John is said that John was probably 13 years old when he first became a disciple. 
So if there's any like middle schoolers or high schoolers in here and you're like, I don't know what I can do for God's kingdom. I'm too young. All these people look down on me. There's a reason the scripture says don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, right? You're out there playing video games. John's out there changing lives for the, the kingdom, right? So you're not too young to be used by God for kingdom purposes, right? And so, so John, one of the earliest, uh, one of the youngest, the youngest disciple probably, uh, and then he became the oldest living one. Now, here's a man who believed he watched all his friends, all the other disciples, all the other apostles be martyred, be killed in all various different ways, burning, crucified upside down, uh, beheaded, all these different ways that the other apostles and disciples were killed. And John watched it all and believed, continued to believe that Jesus is the way unto life. He is the way uh, to be saved and to have eternity with the Father forever. He continued to believe. So the, as church history says, uh, John was put through persecution as well. He was uh, poisoned, and that didn't kill him. That didn't shut him up. He kept preaching. Uh, then he was put into a pot of boiling oil. And in that pot, he's continuing to preach the gospel. That's a bad man. It, it, so th they're so frustrated that the pot of boiling oil, God's protecting him. He's not being burned alive. He's not dying. God, God's protecting him. So they, they take him out and they, they can't kill him. So what they do is they send him to, they exile him to the island of Patmos, which is like near present day Turkey. So they put him on this island so he can't get off. Well, what does he do? He writes the book of Revelation. So on this island, they've exiled him. He's just, he's growing older and older. They can't kill him. He has this vision from God. He writes writes the book of Revelation so that we might know that Jesus is coming back again for his people. God continues to use John. John continues to believe in the gospel, continues to be faithful to the gospel. And as church history says, he grew so old that he, he had a hard time moving, getting around. And, 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 and about, it said he lived to probably about 100 A.D. So he's an older man. And, and it, there are stories of he's too old to move or walk that the, the, the men in the church would carry John into the church, would sit him down at the front of the church, and he would continue to preach and teach about Jesus, and everyone would lean in to listen and hear how they might have life in the name of Christ. So I encourage the, the young folks in our church, I want to encourage anyone who is older in our church, that if you have breath in your lungs, you have purpose for the kingdom of God. Here's John, an old, feeble man with some of his last breaths spent on preaching and teaching about Jesus and how you might have life in his name. I love that. I love it. So here's a man who lived years through many persecutions, through them trying to kill him in various different ways, to being sent to an island, exiled to an island, probably working as a, as a slave on that island, still giving everything for the kingdom. He believed. He believed that Jesus, if you believe in him, and that he's the Christ, son of the living God, that you might have, by believing, you will have life in his name, abundant and eternal. He believed. He believed. Uh, so we're going to see all that throughout the book of, the book of John. And, and um, I, 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 when John is writing these things again, I want you to hear they're not empty platitudes. He saw it. He, 
He knew Jesus personally. He loved Jesus. You know, all throughout the book, he's going to be referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Isn't that a great truth? Some of us need to begin to refer to ourselves as the child of God that that Jesus loves. Because you don't quite believe that. But he says he's a disciple whom Jesus loved. And so here's a man who knew it, who saw it all go down, who had life in his name while he was here. Now, that life in his name here doesn't mean abundant things. John was persecuted. He had nothing. He was sent to be a slave on an island, but yet he still had abundant life, and he had hope for eternal life. So our circumstances aren't what dictate whether we have joy or not. They're not what dictate whether we have life or not. Strip us of money. Strip us of uh, health. Strip us of all things that our culture says is the way to live. And we can still have joy in abundance because we have Jesus. And, And Jesus gives us life. And that's what we're going to see throughout the book of John. That's what, what, what uh, the message that John is going to continue to give to us, that we believe in Jesus' name, and by believing, we have life. That is your purpose. And we're going to continue to look at Jesus and how we can bring glory to God. Now, now uh, here, here at this church, I want you to have life. I want you to press in. So as we study this over the next couple of semesters, I want you to press in. To Jesus, learn about Jesus and, and, and begin to uh, uh, shape your life around him. You know, one of the things we uh, say around here, you'll hear often, is we point people to a Christ-centered life. We want Christ to be at the core of all of our life, all of our decisions, everything we do, that Jesus is the center of that. Because by, by honoring him and loving him and living as he lived. First John says, if we claim to be Christians, we will walk as Jesus walked. And so we want to continue to look at his life and walk as he walked. Why? So that we can fulfill our purpose for even having breath, which is to bring glory to God. And so that's the point of John. That's what we're going to continue to walk uh, through. And there's really no uh, more important message than the gospel in all the world. And so this is going to be a crucial um, series for us as a church. I'm excited about it. I hope you will press in and begin reading. If you've never read through uh, the Bible, don't start with Genesis. Why don't you start with John? Uh, Start with John and just go through Revelation if you want to read it. We're going to do some reading plan stuff too uh, that you can follow on the app and things like that just to help you get in the Bible. But John is a great place to start, okay? Uh, Let me pray and uh, then we'll uh, sing a couple more songs. Father, we love you so much. We ask that you would just continue to move in us to help us to believe and by believing have life. I pray, Father, for every soul in here, God, that they would know who you are, begin to press in to learn who you are, and then not just knowing but believing who you are and by believing have life in your name. I pray, God, that you would move in us Um, in such a way that we are um, passionate about Jesus. We love him. God, we, we, we want him more in our hearts and lives. 
Father, I ask that you would um, make us a believing church. That these, uh, the, the, the Christ doesn't just affect our Sunday morning and what time we wake up and what our destination is. But Jesus and the Gospels affect everything that we're about in our lives. Every conversation we have, every child we raise, every moment uh, of free time, every, every hour we spend working our jobs, everything we do about you, Jesus. Father, I ask that you would, uh, as we dive into this book, would you just make the scriptures come alive to us so that we could see you, know you, believe in you, and have life in you. Father, I pray for uh, the folks in here that maybe just be coming to church for the first time and trying to figure this whole thing out. God, I pray that you would just continue to press on them. And that you, you want them here. You want them to continue to press into who you are, discover who you are, so that they might have life in your name and have joy in you. Father, would you move in us in a mighty way? We love you and we need you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.